You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, and welcome once again to History Dweebs. My name is Tim. Welcome to the podcast where we take a lighthearted look at the dark side of history. The title of our podcast today is Secret Recipe, The Life and Death of Colonel Harlan Sanders. That is bullshit, and you know it, Timmy. <laughs> We're going to take a look at the life of uh, Colonel Sanders. Of course, mm. Colonel Sanders is famous for founding uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken, but he was kind of a badass, Brandy. He, Spectacular. Uh, he was a very complex man. We're going to talk about his life. He had sweet facial hair. <laughs> sweet, but, sweet facial hair. But before we do, let me introduce our panel. But let me also remind you uh, of a couple of things. First of all, we are a uh, true crime history comedy podcast, and we use adult language. So if adult language offends you, then we would uh, suggest that you check out one of the other fine podcasts that are out there, including Insight, and They Walk Among Us, two of the best podcasts out there. And uh, if you like comedy podcasts, we encourage you to check out Squirm. It's excellent. Bloody Murder is good, too. Bloody Murder as well. There's a lot of good podcasts out there. So um, let me introduce our panel. I am pleased to be joined, as always, by the very lovely and talented, a lady who is known uh, throughout the land as Brandy the Benevolent, Her Majesty Queen Brandy the First. How are you, uh, Brandy? Well, Timmy, I am. I got to tell you, I'm a little sore today. First of all, <laughs> no, 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 not like that. You're sore as a I, man. You the man, Dave. You the man. No, oh. I went to Trampoline Park the oh. other day. Hold on, hold on. No, you're hold gross. on. You're gross. You went to the booby bouncer? Yeah. We went to the trampoline <laughs> park with the kids. Because we were in Lexington. She I would have gone. I would have driven for that, devil. <laughs> I would have She was in that. a bouncy castle. It was not a bouncy castle. <laughs> did you take your shoes off? It was a trampoline park. I did. You had to put on the special right. socks. A bunch of hillbillies jumping up and down. All right. You had to put on special socks, you dick. No, special half socks. Of, yeah. Half of our listeners are hillbillies. All they have are Brits. So you just offended no, okay. Well, I can, and why, I can still would, do a flip on the trampoline. I just want that you? shit noted. Yeah, why, your boobies didn't hit you in the face. No, they did not. Why? What? What? What was so special about the socks? They had little grippers on. They're like the hospital socks. Oh, okay. So they just make it so you don't slip on the trampolines. Okay. It does not stop you from falling down. Well, that's my point. It, no, it, it does it's not. kind of a risky endeavor. Anyway, it was it was risky. It was risky, but you know. So, did you enjoy yourself? I mean, I did. It was a lot of fun. I went with um, both my brothers and uh, all our, all the 
kids, and mm-hmm. we had a good time. Well, we had I'm a good glad. time. I'm yeah, glad that you had a good time, Brandy. And uh, I don't think you give a shit if I had a good time, but no, I did. I, I'm was, glad that you had a good time at the bouncy ca- it was, castle. It was fun. Yeah. It was. I had a good time, but God, uh, my legs and my back are so <laughs> sore. It's ridiculous. Well, I'm sorry. I guess that you will not be engaging in your uh, performing your marital duties (laughs) anytime soon. I don't know. Dave's working, so probably not tonight. Okay. So it was like just bouncing up and down. That's what you do on a trampoline. You bounce up and down. Did you have a sports bra on? No, I was ill-prepared to be on the trampoline, so I probably shouldn't have been, but it was a lot of fun. So Any video anywhere? Nope. Damn. I'd also like to introduce a man of uh, great esteem, a man who has uh, been been described as the moral compass of not only our podcast, no. but podcasting in general. No, 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 not ever. A man who is considered an oasis in the desert of despair. No. The very honorable, the Reverend Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawkwaters III, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? Well, I'm not too goddamn good, Timmy. Uh, I understand you have a beef. I, I I got a couple beefs. First of all, okay. Um, first of all, when you said we were going to do a show about the Colonel, uh huh. I mean, the Colonel is like Madonna. You say the Colonel, and you. Well, there's think more than colonel. one Colonel. There's more than one Madonna too, but there's only one Madonna and one Colonel. There's a lot of princes out there in the world. So you really but you say prince? Yeah, who are you thinking prince, about? You right? really no thought prince. that we were going to do a podcast about your life? Well, why wouldn't you? Well, isn't it's kind of fucked pod- up. <laughs> we have to wait till he dies. Isn't but it's... every podcast we do about his life? <laughs> you, yeah, you already know that. And uh, I just want to note it for the record. He okay. was a bogus colonel. Okay. Well, no, he wasn't. He was. He was. Uh, he was named colonel he by was the governor of Kentucky. Honorary colonel. He's not a Cajun colonel, Timmy. There's okay. a big difference. I, I didn't know you came up through the ranks. Yeah, I I, I started as a Cajun private. I see. And I bet I'm a you Cajun did. colonel now. Okay, well, now, try not this to... This guy just got the shit handed to him. He didn't have to fight no bass, alligators, nothing. Well, I, he was he was kind of badass, though. He might have been bad. I don't care. They just handed him the title. And what this whole secret recipe shit... You know, I'll tell you this. My mama made better fried chicken. She didn't lock her recipe up in some kind of Lloyd's or London vault and Fort Knox and whatnot. Was it all in her head? It was all in her head. Well, yeah, yeah, she and made then better she died. fried chicken in the and kernel. then she died, and now you don't get the fried chicken. Well, I get, never liked fried chicken. Did you, get a, chicken ch- anyway. did you get a chicken tattoo when your mom passed away? <laughs> I did not. I did not. Seems I like should you should have. have. I should have. Seems but, like you should have. Yeah, I'm not. I'm. I'm just. I, I don't like Colonel Sanders. That's all I'm going to say. I, I, I like him, but he's not. When we have the meetings. I'm betting uh, that the Colonel Sanders does not give a shit if you like him. When or we not. have the meeting of the colonels. He's laughing all the way to the bank with his fucking secret recipe. Basically, chicken. he is the Ted Cruz of colonels. Well, yeah, he actually is dead now, but. Yeah, he was a, he was he was not respected by the other colonels. That's all, right. all I'm saying. Did you did you ever see him at the meetings? Well, we used to mock him openly. Uh-huh. Okay. We'd be what? like, oh, yeah, we'd eat turkey sandwiches and stuff. Because <laughs> he was always coming. You know, you bring it's like a potluck at the colonel meetings. Is it? You know, you bring your own dish. And then <laughs> so you was, have colonel meetings? Oh, yeah. There's colonel meetings. It's a thing. It's a thing. Yeah. It's like dweeb con. It's colonel con. <laughs> you know what it see. is? It's, it's Chuck sitting in the middle <laughs> of all these empty chairs. <laughs> 
playing all the different kernels. <laughs> what a turkey breast sandwich. Exactly. Exactly. All right. We well, didn't bring no damn chicken. No, I got something. I got something. All right. So I'm driving into work this morning. There's not a chance that hell we're going to get to this story. Shut the hell. This is interesting. All right. So, and and I want you guys' opinion on this. So I'm driving into work this morning, and they're talking about there is um, this new thing that has come out that's a capsule, and a woman sticks it in her vagina. Woo! Yeah. Sticks it in her vagina. Yeah. And at... Well, you, in my day, we called those penises, but... <laughs> Well, this is a capsule. In my day, we called it a birth control. Those foam things you used to jam Okay, this is still a capsule. Neither one of those. A diaphragm. This is a capsule. The sponge. A dildo. Anyway, and as the capsule dissolves... Milk beds. (laughs) Good and plenty. Do you want to get to this or not, motherfucker? Please continue. So anyway, as the capsule dissolves, then your hoo-ha... Tastes like cotton candy or whatever, and I want to first of all, I want and to it has and the stuff that, that there comes, was not a damn bit of difference between a pink and a white, good and plenty. No, not a bit, <laughs> not, not a, a bit. bit. Noted. Okay. So, Thank and you, first of all, so it makes your hoo ha taste like cotton candy or whatever the hell, mm-hmm. and all of the all of the juices that come out of there makes them glitter. Oh, you kidding me? Yeah. So if somebody goes like downtown Julie Brown on mm-hmm. you. Then they come up looking like Ziggy Stardust. So let me tell you, all that glitters is not gold. <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> sometimes but, it's for JJ. Yeah, what if you don't like kind of, Do they have broccoli flavor? I don't think they have broccoli flavor. I think it's just one flavor. I mean, you know, they may have bubble gum. It I'm just not seems sure. like they should expand that <clears throat> out because... It's a new product. Okay, but... Uh, no, fan, but and not, nobody the marketing that, people... I nobody just that you, you know is going to do this because I'm only it's saying, extremely dangerous. I, 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 I beg to differ on... I, I might well, you might. <laughs> <laughs> no, but who likes cotton candy? Oh, I, well, I like the flavor. Little I like kids cotton like candy cotton itself. candy at I, the circus. How many little kids are out there performing cunnilingus? None. They should make pizza flavored. Scotch. <laughs> make pizza, yeah, beer flavored. I mean, if they make pizza flavored, Skyline Chili well, I mean, flavored. They have to start somewhere. I want a hoo-ha that tastes like Skyline Chili. I'd be on that too. bitch and it all smells, day. It smells like your vapey stuff. Oh, does it? Yeah. Yeah, so strawberries there's a whole even. lot going on. Like strawberry shortcake. You make but a I mean, strawberry shortcake yeah, vagina. Yeah, but if, you, if, this, if you're with a woman that, you know, whatever, and all of a sudden you look down and your dick's all sparkled, <laughs> would you not have some kind of... Well, I, you first know, of all, question: Does your dick not sparkle? I, I was going to say, first of all, let's not assume that that is <laughs> yeah, the case no. anyway. Mine's glittery. First, shut up. Gl- Mine no. has like a little halo over. It. <laughs> You're married, and you dip your shit in some shady <laughs> fucking places that glitter is not seen ever, unless it's on the stripper pole. They call so mine the not, magic crystal. They, nobody calls it that. <laughs> he does. No. I do. He just did. At the colonel meetings. <laughs> At the colonel meetings. Me All right. Magic crystal. Why we, would you do that? Do what? Why would you want your shit to be sparkly and... Well, yeah. It's so dangerous. To change dangerous. it up because in that way, you know, Renee thinks it's somebody well, I mean, different. You may, you may get repeat customers. Otherwise... If it's you, not you. You don't stick... No. Renee, what does Renee give a shit if it's sparkly and smells good? Because it, here's yeah. the thing: women might uh, will want repeat business down there. Yeah. So they want to add a little flavor. There's nothing wrong with that. Oh, there ain't nothing worse than going down there and getting hit with the with the chicken of the sea scent. I get I mean, that. 
You're you you're you're down there and a cat's clawing at your ear trying to get to the thing. I, get, I like, get that. You know, you have not seen the, the commercial or the two women walking along the beach holding hands saying, Mom, sometimes I get that not so fresh decay I have seen vagina that. feeling. Yeah, I have seen that. Yeah. Okay, well I I just think they should have vagina flavored uh, candy. Depends on the vagina really. Well, yeah. Because they're not all the surprisingly. All vaginas do not taste the same. They do not. They do not. No, 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 no. There's a variance that's like the spectrum of the rainbow, devil. Well. Rainbow vagina. And you can get glitter. And you can get glitter. You know what they need to do is have them, they they can put it in their anus. Nope. And when it comes Mm. out, it's. Let me tell you why. Because if you get a woman and you're doing, and you're like doing doggy style, (laughs) doing doggy style. (laughs) And you've probably had this experience, Colonel. You're a man of the world. I am. And you're doing doggy style, and she's not fresh. I'm so fresh out by this right now. <laughs> she's not fresh back there. <laughs> Why are you with her? <laughs> well, they, sometimes they don't know. <laughs> they and don't it's, know. It's, awkward, it's an awkward conversation to have. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I, I'm, I'm, if you're ever in that position, it, it can be a turnoff. So I, I agree that they should have these. <laughs> what's these things called? I don't know. I believe. Boy, I, I think what you are Cooter asking capsules. for <laughs> is a wash rag and a cork, Timmy. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think, think that's what you're after. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, there's an odor. You, know, that you could just sprinkle some ice cream jimmies <laughs> yeah. on there and be done with it. It's the same problem you have really with the reverse cowgirl. <laughs> It's the same problem. What's the problem with the reverse cowgirl? Well, you're going to be exposed to uh, <laughs> buttocks. Yeah. Well, then that's why I always, I mean, I don't know about you, Timmy. I'm I, so weirded out by this right now. You don't carry some Febreze with you? <laughs> I'm going to start. I do. Yeah. Because there ain't nothing, I mean. I just, I was afraid all, the girl might be insulted if I use Quit Febreze. picking up strange that doesn't wash her ass. <laughs> <laughs> Let's solve that problem. Oh, it doesn't I mean, happen a lot. I'm just saying occasionally you'll meet I'm someone. I'm saying occasionally you need to really reevaluate your life well, choices. You know, and, and sometimes because this is what I don't get. Women will say, oh, I shaved my legs for him. But they didn't hit that thing with a shot of Febreze for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? It takes you 20 minutes to shave your legs. It and only takes think, five seconds to hit that thing with a shot and of you Febreze. you think your junk and your taint are all like posies and sunshine down there? I... I've it never smells had a like a fucking it. boy's locker room all the time. <laughs> well, first of all, speak. You know, don't, 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 don't disparage to us. To yeah, we are very, we are, we're, we're hygienic very, men. We are, we are very hygienic men. We're at yeah. the, we're at the. Uh, hygienic I took a shower this morning. Uh, uh, and I spent. We're part of the hygienic men collaborative. <laughs> and I but, spent a lot of time washing my genitalia. But this I did. Morning. But I, I well, you know, sometimes I learn something from you guys, and I did learn something this morning. Uh, that you you were telling me that if you get because uh, I you know I've had aches now so I'm I'm probably stage four bra- uh, brain cancer sure clearly but one of the bright the one of the uh, bright sides is I learned from you guys today that if I get chemo it will remove all my pubic hair so I don't mm-hmm. have to worry about you don't that. have to manscape at all Timmy there you go you got that to look forward it's a, to it's a silver lining silver lining <laughs> it is it, <laughs> it is, is a bit of a silver lining however. Um, you don't have stage four breast, ca- yeah. bre- breast cancer or brain cancer, mm-hmm. and you really need to get off WebMD. I have a headache. Yeah. <laughs> you need to get your eyes checked. You yeah, sorry, I got, motherfucker. I, I got an appointment. I don't have an appointment. It's a walk-in, but it's okay. I'm, it wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So you have a walk-in. 
What day do you have this walk-in? The 11th. The 11th. So he's planned his walk-in for the 11th. So it's really not a walk-in. Why not make the appointment? Because they don't give appointments. They say you just walk in. Are you going to the free clinic? No, I'm going. I sometimes to pick up women. But I know. <laughs> that have nasty asses. You know the best place to pick up a woman is at the STD clinic. Yeah, exactly. Because you know to get that junk all taken care of. It's like, hey, I'm going to get with you in about a week, right? Yeah. Okay, so where are you going to get your eyes checked? At a at a eye place. <laughs> and you uh, have this planned for the 11th. Eyes are us. You're going to walk in. Monday, yes. I'm going to walk in Monday. I guarantee you I will do that. I think you're a liar, but okay. All right. But anyway, um, let's get to our Patreon shout-outs real quick. We would like to thank all of you who support our podcast on Patreon. Um, we really appreciate it. And not only do we appreciate uh, your generous donations, but we also appreciate the fact that you care so much about the program and all uh, uh, about us that you would um, uh, use your hard or earn money to support us. And we thank you very much. If you would like to support us on Patreon, just go to patreon.com slash history where you can give a little, you can give a lot or just a wee little bit to me. Brandy, you got our shout outs for us. I do. Uh, we have Daniel and Kimberly Bassett, Jim Moyer, David Hill, Tommy Lane, Jason Dykes, Shelly Garrett, Bridget Clavey, Brandy, Mc Brandy McBride, Maggie Glover, Lorna Violet, <clears throat> Andrea O'Dell, Janelyn, uh, Michael Deo, Jim Seabright, Deo, Russ Charlotte, Karen Widner, Callie Jones, Joseph Kerr, Lauren Meredith, Jessica Greeno, Mike Brown, Sarah Bloom, Amber Croup, Joe Hopkins of the Now American History podcast, Becky Omelette, Karen Alden, Alden, Cheryl Pierce, Caitlin Campbell, Fiona Crisp, Laura O'Reilly, Christine Bourgeois, Donna Curran, Maja, Aaron, Kimberly Cameron, Elise, Diane Student of the History Goes Bump podcast, uh, Amber Trevino, Annette Petre, Lise, Leslie Hagar, Amber Scoville, Jahara, uh, Alicia and Chip, uh, Jeff and Don Chestnut, Andrew Happ, uh, Karen Barnes, Rachel Flynn, Holly Woodward, Shirley Strap, Todd Long, Lydia, Tyrone, Phyllis Munson, Sarah Morgan, Melissa Montoya, Brittany Martin, Jennifer Siemens, Cindy Lou, Heather, uh, Heather Poole, uh, the cast of Canadian True Crime. Great podcast. Christy Lee. Mm -hmm. Charlie. Uh, and Allie from the Insight Podcast, Nene, uh, Bridget Bernhard, uh, the cast of They Walk Among Us. One of the best podcasts anywhere. In the world. In the world. They got Rosanna and Ben. Yes. yes. Stacy, Christine Hauer, uh, Cheryl Weldon, uh, Sue Story, and the world's most dangerous canine, Rudy the Wonder Dog. Yeah. And apparently we've been, we may have mispronounced Janelin's. I got it. Yeah, I know. But um, that was my fault because I wrote it down wrong. So my apologies to Janelyn. I uh, got to tell you, Timmy. Mm -hmm. We just speaking of Rudy the Wonder Dog. And, you know, people people always often send me PMs and say, you know, I, I feel like you don't talk about Rudy enough on the, on the yeah, show. Yeah, I don't think people do that. They don't um, at all, actually. Yesterday I had to. Well, and, and this is what a wretched woman my wife is, Timmy. Mm -hmm. It's July 4th, right? Yes. We're getting uh, ready for the Independence evening. Day. Yeah, on Independence Day. And uh, she tells me, oh, yeah, by the way, we're switching uh, cable providers. 
Okay. I was like, okay. You know, that's we have, a, that's so, kind of a big deal. And she made that you that decision magnanimously. Uh, well, she or unilaterally or whatever the word is. She is because she is the breadwinner in the home. You know, it ain't like I'm I'm you know destitute, Timmy. But anyway. So she says, you know, she makes these decisions. I'm like, fine, what? I don't care. You know, as long as I hit the remote and something comes on TV. And she said, well, they're changing our internet, they're changing our phone. I said, okay. She says, fiber optic, it's good, blah, 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 blah. And uh, I said, okay, that's fine with me, dear. And she says, they'll be here tomorrow at 8. And I'm like, okay. I just need you to meet them. Uh, that's how much notice I got to me. I got the night before she. Now she had made. Had and they give up. you like an eight-hour window or something. No, they give me a. They give me a one-hour window, but it was a four-hour installation. For what? What were you getting installed? Jesus Fiber Christ. optic stuff. I four hours. Yeah, they got yeah, to do all the wiring and everything. It takes a long time. Good lord. So anyway, um, Rudy uh, tried to eat the cable guy when he came in. Oh. Um, Rudy doesn't like the cable guy. But then once he got used to was the cable guy. Was his name Larry? Guy, hmm? Was his name Larry? No, I got I got Terry, his brother. Okay. Um, once he got used to the cable guy, he kept running his toys back and forth to the cable guy. Okay. And wanting the cable guy to play with so his Rudy toys. So Rudy has absolutely no loyalty to you. It, it just took the installation much longer because the guy would then take the toy from Rudy and then toss it across the room and Rudy'd run and go grab the toy and he'd run right back and I was like, Rudy, get your ass up here, let him do his job. I got to get to work. Yeah. Well, you could have played with Rudy. I did play with Rudy. All right. But he wanted to play with the cable guy. No, I, no loyalty. Can Can I make one suggestion? Can we talk about Colonel Sanders? I would love to talk about Colonel Sanders. Wonderful. He's a bitch if you ask me. But go ahead. Nobody we'll asked you. Harlan Sanders was born on September 9th, Brandy, 1890, in the farm community of Henryville, Indiana. It was a town truism, Brandy, that a man didn't bother to buy a suit until he needed one for either his wedding, and he didn't need to wear it again until the day they put him in his coffin. Well, that's lovely. Yeah. In 1895, when Harlan was just um, five years old, his father, Wilbur, like that name? They got some fucked up the names pig. in that family. <laughs> I bet Wilbur was hung like a whore. <laughs> like a pig? <laughs> Wilbur. You know a pig? Pil- it was a horse. Wilbur. Yeah. Wilbur know, was also a pig. Pigs got those corkscrew yes. peckers. You ever seen those? Yeah. That, that's disturbing to me. Wow. His father, Wilbur, closed his butcher shop early and stumbled home in the middle of the day, feverish and ill. Within days... He would wear his suit for the second time. Like a little dramatic. I, it's amazing. He died, in other words. I got it. All right. Harlan was raised by his mother, Margaret, who was a strict Christian, who constantly warned her children of the evils of alcohol, tobacco, gambling, and whistling on Sundays. Oh, Maggie was not a whistler. <laughs> <clears throat> by the age of seven... Harlan was routinely expected to cook for his younger siblings while his mother was away at work. At age 12, he dropped out of school, Brandy never to return. Nah. Harlan did? Harlan did. Harlan did. He was so damn ignorant. We always wondered about that at the colonel meetings because he he was kind of a dumb man. His mother, Margaret, remarried, and her new husband expressed uh, resentment of the children's existence. 
by uh, he rep he expressed it by slapping them around uh, for any perceived slight. Sort of like what Brandy does to us, Colonel. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Except he probably was more rational about it. Thirteen-year-old Harlan put his uh, after one such incident. Thirteen-year-old Harlan put his few belong belongings in a box, crept into the kitchen. Snuck out the back door and set out on his own. Thirteen years old. He's oh, he put it in a box. He didn't put it in a little handkerchief with a stick. No, no. because you know what happens to you then. <laughs> then you're a hobo. Hobo rape. Yeah. Yeah. Ain't nothing funny about no hobo. So rape. thirteen years old, he's already out on his own here in nineteen oh three, Colonel. Three years later, in nineteen oh six, he found work as a street. Car conductor Brandy. Wait, that's how long it took him to find work. Well, he probably did a little this, a little that, but yeah. he found steady employment as a streetcar conductor in New Albany, Indiana. I don't know how you feel about a 16 year old streetcar conductor, but okay. It seems like a little risky there. But then if you can drive a car, why can't you drive a streetcar? Well, well, when he was 16, and so he's working as a streetcar conductor, and uh, he struck a, com a, cup, a conversation with two men on a streetcar regarding Brandy, the troubles, the ongoing troubles in the country of Cuba. Oh. Um, it turns out that these two men were Army recruiters. Oh. Uh, so by the time that they, that they arrived at their stop, they had convinced young Harlan that the Army was the place for him. He promptly quit his job as a streetcar conductor and, en and enlisted in the U.S. Army and was dispatched to a ship loaded with men uh, and mules bound to Cuba. Uh, men men and, and mules. Men and mules. See, that don't sound like a good combination. I bet the Army wouldn't have let him have that sweet, sweet facial hair. <laughs> yeah, I bet they did. No, his uh, earlier pictures of him, he looks weird without his beard. Mm. We'll post some of them on our Facebook page. Before boarding the ship, Harlan was concerned about the voyage because he had never even seen the ocean before, let alone. So the smart thing to do was to enlist in what the navy? No, he was in the army, but he was they in the were army? shipping him over, you know, down to Cuba by boat. He spent the ocean crossing at the ship's rail, alternating between uh, vomiting on each side of the ship. So he'd vomit on one side of the ship, then he'd go to the other side and vomit over there. We used to make fun of him for that. He used to do that at the meetings too. <laughs> <laughs> it's because it's a sinking ship is what you guys have. Uh, when uh, uh, Harlan's commanding officer in Cuba discovered his new, uh, new recruit was just 16 years old, he discharged a boy and put him on a boat back to the United States, thus ending the future colonel's military career. He and got it, screwed. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm surprised they did that, actually. He got kicked out of the Navy. Army. Army. Army, whatever. It's hard to do. In mm -hmm. the in early in the early nineteen, thank you for your service though. Well, thank you. <laughs> no, fuck him. <laughs> he, he lied to get in there, what? puked on the boat. I mean, what would he do? He puked. He got got lied to get in there and puked on a bunch of donkeys. Why we keep trying to build this man up? Huh? In the early nineteen hundreds, you you seemed a little bitter there, Colonel. Because he's not a real Colonel. God damn it. In the early nineteen hundreds, yeah. many young men I, were. I'd be careful <laughs> casting that stone. <laughs> Many young men in the early 1900s. Many young men aspired to be railroad engineers. Brandy, this this was also true of young Harlan. Well, he was a streetcar driver. Why not be a railroad? Well, engineer? Harlan's sixth grade education didn't qualify him. <laughs> I can't imagine that. 
Didn't qualify him to be a colonel either, and it still made him a colonel. Uh, to be a um, railroad engineer. So he kind of took a backwards approach. He, he, he found work uh, working on the railroads as an ash doodler. Oh, yeah. They just, but they're like three steps below Gandhi dances. <laughs> yeah, he was an ash doodler, Brandy. You got to be careful when you're an ash doodler. Mm-hmm. Got to be careful doodling those ashes. <laughs> uh, he got a job as an ash doodler for the Southern Railroad, scrapping coal ash from the steam engines. But he studied closely the railroad firemen and the engineers, watching their every move, Colonel, and learning how to spread fuel for maximum efficiency. So he's got a little business sense to him, our young, young Harlan. Well, sure. He was an ash doodler, Brandy. Those just aren't on every street corner. Well, Take you skill. can't find a, an ash, good ash doodler anymore. I think Timmy likes a good ash doodle every once in a while. <laughs> ne- uh, uh, an ash doodle or an ash doodler, I will never be. Uh, whatever. I do not approve of the dirty flower for any use other than <laughs> what it's believe. intended. What? <laughs> but How God intended it. You were the one wanting to shove glitter up there a few minutes ago. Well, that's just for uh, hygiene's sake. <laughs> Again, I think we need to Should reevaluate. Be like those little things, like you put in, uh, you know, when you're doing laundry, those little balls. pods. Yeah, they put a little pod back there, and just you know, it would absorb and make it fresh smelling. <laughs> you really need to evaluate some of your life choices. Yeah. At age 18, Harlan Harlan began filling in for the firemen who failed to show up for work on the railroad he also adopted the uh fireman's lexicon brandy inclu- uh, expanding his vocabulary to include many many profanities oh he was oh he was a foul mouth man with the exception of his filthy language mm, he was like the devil sanders was obsessed with cleanliness so he was a very clean man brandy yeah well yeah he um, adopted the unusual practice of dressing himself in white overalls and white cotton with white cotton gloves, Brandy. He claimed that he often went home spotless despite working amid coal all day. Well, you know, I do not believe that someone is working amongst coal all day after dressed in all white. First of all, he was, and everybody knows because we used to talk about this at the meeting. You, you, you have, he, it, you have a was, lot of animosity turned towards No, it. he was sissified, Timmy. Sissified. No, 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 no. He, he was badass. Let me, let me continue. But you do not work in a coal mine all day and all white and not come in a home coal spotless. mine. He worked on a train. Or on a coal train, wherever he was. Are you, are you paying attention <laughs> at all? No. He doesn't deserve my attention. He's a fake I mean, you're colonel. sitting there with your arms crossed and <laughs> pouting. He's a fake colonel. We're doing he's this not a about, fake colonel. Do you know what my life... You, we could do, be doing this about the colonel's life, but now we're doing it about the fake colonel's life, and I'm just... How would you feel if we did one about a fake Timmy or about a fake Brandy or a fake devil? It was around this time that uh, Harlan met his beloved Josephine. Oh. And Brandy. She was ugly. Josephine King. Was she? No, mm-hmm. she was quite an attractive young lady. No, everybody knows she was ugly. They both were regular customers at the same moving picture show, uh, Brandy. All righty. The theater. They went there. After a brief, shy courtship, they decided to marry. Their daughter, Margaret, named after um, the, uh, Harlan's mother, was born roughly 40 weeks after their wedding night. Well. 
So they timed that pretty well. Yeah. Well, well that would have been conceived, but she, so she was a whore. Just no, was a whore. she was not. No, she they wasn't. Were. They did it on their wedding night. Yeah. No, I don't believe that. Probably with the lights off. You yeah. know, he was a clean man. He was a clean man. Yeah. Throughout his life, um, Harlan Sanders had a quick temper, Brandy, hmm. that would often lead to altercations, uh, costing him more than just more than one job. Sanders worked for various railroads over the years. Various what? Railroads over the years. But his days as a professional fireman were over when he and an engineer were found fighting under a railroad water tower. Uh, Sanders was fired and essentially then Brandy blackballed from working on the railroads all the live long day. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Did he become a hobo after that? No. He was 21, uh, Colonel. And he began to take a law correspondence course. He studied in a judge's office in Little Rock. Eventually, he found work as in the justice of uh, as a justice of the peace. Brandy, yeah, hoping to bring justice to some long abused poor people in the region. Oh, ah. so now he's going to try to be wider. Now he's got a cause. Yeah. yeah. He was particularly proud of the time when he was able to negotiate better, better settlements for the mostly uh, African-American victims of a train wreck. Because he, he got a fight for uh, the poor and downtrodden, and he got a fight against the railroads, which he despised at this point. Uh, and Did he it, advertise on the sides of buses? No, but he ended up winning a big settlement for the defendant. Was he a lawyer? For the, uh, Did he end up being a lawyer? Yes. So, unlike you... Colonel Sanders passed the bar. <laughs> he took this shit through a correspondence course. But his and passed day, the bar. But Randy, his days as a justice... He was a bootleg lawyer. Can I please finish? His days as a justice of the peace were soon over. No. Because he was a coward. When him and his client were, bra- uh, were found brawling in a courtroom, evidently over unpaid legal fees. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but that's, you know, there's a code of ethics and you can't beat up your clients. It's, it's a thing. Is that, is that why you didn't become a lawyer? You probably can't Jimmy? fuck him either, and that's why <laughs> yeah, he didn't become a lawyer. Yeah. Arlen Sanders also spent some years as an independent uh, There's business a code of ethics for lawyers? As an independent... <laughs> uh, Isn't that an oxymoron? <laughs> as an independent uh, business owner, launch, launching several ventures uh, with varying degrees of success. He lost, uh, my, um, he lost most of his money trying to sell indoor, uh, an indoor lining system uh, An base, indoor what? Uh, lighting system. Oh, okay. Uh, well, that's that's never going to catch on. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's voodoo. What well, it was yeah. based on it, uh, this type of gas? I don't know. It, it didn't. It didn't catch on. But um, caught fire. He did earn. He did earn a small fortune when he established a much-needed steamboat ferry crossing the river at Jeffersonville, Indiana. So nice. Uh, he used that, he used his profits to establish the Young Businessmen's Club in Shell, uh, Jeffersonville, Indiana. Was it a teddy bar? No, it was a a place where young businessmen could get together and um, discuss business. Same question. Yeah. I I still pose that question. He didn't know shit about business. Was it a teddy bar? One fine Saturday afternoon, Brandy. It was. The club declared that all of the businesses in town would be closed for a picnic in the park. All right. 
So this is like kind of like, I guess, like a chamber of commerce type of deal. Uh-huh. They put out signs announcing the picnic the prior day. Inside a Jeffersonville barbershop, a customer was enjoying a hot shave when a surly Sanders... Uh, a surly Sanders? <laughs> Surly-shaped silhouette... Uh, what? What? A... He's painting us a picture <laughs> A Surly Sanders-shaped silhouette. Come on, Hemingway. Let's get this. <laughs> Dark in the doorway. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Murder. Sanders told the bar- barber, hey, we agreed that all the stores were going to close today. They Thank were you. having this, uh, what they, this picnic was a fundraiser, okay? So they wanted all the businesses to close, and they were going to raise funds for his poor family. But this barber wasn't playing ball. No, he didn't have to close. He didn't want to close. That barber's got to eat. Apparently, the other barbers in town were nervous about losing their customers with to the loan holdout. So, uh, anyway, uh, Colonel Sanders went into the barber shop and told the guy, hey, he, put the, he went into the barber shop. He put up a close sign on the guy's door. <laughs> The barber took exception to that. Yeah. And said, I'm not closing. Sanders is a bit of a dick. (laughs) The foamy customer in a chair. (laughs) He had shaving cream on. I got it. I didn't think it was rabbit or anything. (laughs) He became upset that Sanders was interrupting his shave. I would be too. He probably paid a whole nickel for that shit. And he told him to leave. Sanders, in return, challenged him to walk outside, and he, um, the customer then shot from the chair and squared off with Sanders in the street. Sanders, now, now it's a fundraiser. <laughs> Sanders punched the lathered-covered man whose face was half-shaven. Was Sanders a big man? Was he a big guy like or a little guy? Ten, I think. So, no. Okay. Unfortunately, uh, Sanders' brand new straw hat, one that he had bought specially for the picnic, was trampled on in the commotion. Son of a bitch. Well, that's what you get you going to Bobo's st- shop starting shit. The police intervened, but they did. They failed to re- arrest Harlan. They should Never have thrown th- his ass in jail. <laughs> and did they, Never did they arrest the foamy guy? <laughs> no, they didn't arrest anyone. Nevertheless, the picnic was reportedly to be a success, Brandon. <laughs> Not for the foamy guy. He only got he attendees even collected money to replace Harlan's damaged hat. Ah, it's bullshit. So he had a little bit of a temper, it, but he seemed to be liked in the community. He was. He 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 he, he, he was always doing things for people who were less fortunate. In the late 1920s, the Sanders families were his family was living in Camp Nelson, Kentucky. And uh, he, uh, Harlan, supported his family uh, by working as a salesman with the Michelin Tire Company, Brandy. Michelin? Yes. Okay. His commissions were sufficient that he was uh, able to buy a top-of-the-line Maxwell automobile. I don't know what that is, but... Maxwell automobile? Yeah. Nice ride? Oh, it was smooth, Timmy. Smooth. Had to crank them in the front. 
The car was a beauty, Brandy. Oh, well. With varnished wood spoked wheels, nickel trim, and a revolutionary new straight six engine under the hood. So I'm guessing you had to crank that one, Colonel. This is he was he had a new ride. You said trim, Timmy. Yeah, I did. On the morning of November uh six, nineteen twenty six, Sanders was tying a rope from the back of his Maxwell to the front of the family's other car, a Ford Model T one, Colonel. Had to crank that some bitch. Yeah, the the Model T wasn't running very well, especially in the cold. And sometimes it had to be uh, pull started to get the engine to turn over. <laughs> Here's a funny story for you, Colonel. I doubt it. My uncle, uh, one time he was having some problems with the starter. Mm-hmm. And he was he was trying to get a shove, you know, to, just so he could get it to turn over. And this lady, so he asked this lady if she could, you know, give him a shove. Mm-hmm. with her car <laughs> and he said now you're going to have to get it going about 30 miles an hour for this thing to crank over <laughs> oh no <laughs> I can see where this is headed to me so this lady's driving down the, she goes around the block and she's driving 30 miles an hour <laughs> he had to get in between her and the car to get her to stop she was going to hit it 30 miles an hour <laughs> Timmy, one time I was I was something similar. I was coming home from a, a baseball game and I was playing summer ball for this. Uh, it was an amateur team, mm-hmm. and uh, a friend of mine asked me to play on the team, and it was an eighteen and over team, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I was only fifteen, and I was also the only uh, the I was I was a distinct minority on the team, Timmy. Okay, and the coach was this big guy, and I don't know. He he, he reminded me of 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 Boilermaker on the Bad News Bears. I don't know who would ever give this guy, you know, a, a baseball team to coach. He's probably about 350 pounds, mm-hmm. never, ever put, had his shoes all the way on, stepped on the back of them all the time, had this crappy car that he used to take us around in games. One day the game, the car broke out. Now, you know Straight Street up here in Clifton? Yes. His car broke down. He had to get it down. He wanted to get it down to Straight Street. I'm only 15 years old, right? Mm-hmm. He asked me if I can drive a car. Of course I can drive a car, Timmy. So he tells me he's going to push it. We're going to get around the corner and just let it coast down <laughs> on straight street. Well, we got the yeah, street. You know how steep it is. Mm-hmm. So we got. I got to go on pretty good, and I got to go on faster than he could push. So <laughs> here he is, all 350 pounds of him. <laughs> fall chasing the car to me telling me slow down slow down slow down and you're just coasting <laughs> yeah i was just i mean i was i was probably going about 10 miles an hour <laughs> <laughs> he's screaming so i just slammed on the brakes because i knew you know i could just let off the brakes and coast right. down the rest of it but i slammed on the brakes <laughs> but he couldn't stop his 350 pound ass <laughs> So he ran into the car. So he slammed into the back of the car. <laughs> and then I let go of the brakes. <laughs> and he just slid down Face and first. laid in the Face street. Yeah. <laughs> and I cruised down to the bottom of the street, hit the brakes, stopped the car, got out, and 
<laughs> watched Damn. him get up off the ground and walk down, cussing at me the whole time. <laughs> what do you think of that, Brandy? Uh, Joe Cocker died. Uh, no, that's not what I asked you. What do you think about his story? I wasn't listening. Okay. <laughs> Joe Cocker died? No. Yeah. R.I.P. Joe Cocker died? Yes. Uh, well, it's on CNN, so it's official. Okay. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, not Joe Cocker. Joe Cocker. Yes. He was so beautiful. Well, to well, me. Well, yeah, he always clarified that in that song. That was kind of insulting, wasn't it? So beautiful. Yeah. Oh. You gotta put, no, you gotta put your hand behind. I your got neck. it up here. I can't you see? Behind your neck. Behind your neck. <laughs> Please stop. You're everything I hope for. Everything. Nah, that's Please, too bad. Please stop. I do like Joe Cocker. That's too bad. Everybody loves Joe Cocker. Mm-hmm. He sung at uh, Mad Dogs in English. Up where, up where, up where we belong, right? When he sing that song. Yes, he helped. Yes. He also did get by with a little help from my friends, much better than the Beatles did. Okay, yes. back back to Colonel Sanders, who's also dead. On uh, so uh, his anyway, he's pulling his his uh, he's in his new Maxwell. He's pulling the Model T along behind him with a rope. Right, nothing can go wrong. Sanders' eighteen-year-old son Harlan Jr. took the wheel of the Model T, and Sanders Senior Harlan was t- uh, towing him across this bridge. Now this was a swinging bridge, Brandy. So by swinging, you ever swing, devil? You and Dave ever swing? No. <clears throat> you ever thought about it? No. You'd probably be popular there. Oh, of course I would be. Yeah. It was a swinging bridge. Look at me. And Dave with those suspenders, you know. <laughs> he would not be as popular. <laughs> well, Dave would actually have to talk to people to be. <laughs> yeah, which is why we are not yeah. swingers. Yeah. I'm sorry. Continue, Timmy. Thank you. Girl. I digress. Uh, it was a swinging bridge designed for horse-drawn carriages. Not two cars. Not cars. So what happened? Uh, so the Sanders and his son is uh, are taking these, these cars over this swinging bridge. And as they crossed it, the weight got too heavy for the bridge, and the bridge collapsed. The entire bridge uh, collapsed, dumping... Uh, father and son and the family who was in the automobiles. I mean, it looks like you get your family out and let them walk across the bridge, but, you know, they didn't think this through, obviously. So the bridge collapsed. They fall into this gully, and um, two cars land. uh, Did they go 40 feet down? Yeah, it's 40 feet. They land upside down. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, not worse than landing upside down. I mean, the 40-foot drop would have been okay if you would have landed on your feet like a cat. Or right side up. On your tires. Yeah. Uh, Crushing the flimsy canvas roofs of the cars. The younger Sanders uh, was able to free himself. He wiggled out from under the Model T, somehow escaping with only minor cuts and a contusion. The senior Sanders, Harlan, crawled out of the top of his car, fractured, bruised, mud-caked, and bloodied, Brandy. Sure. The two walked back to the house while neighbors gawked. Where's the family? They got the family out. Okay. Uh, and then they all walked to the edge of this gully. And once they arrived home, uh, Josephine helped her husband sew a loose flap of scalp back where it belonged. So yeah. he, he busted up his head. Uh, and then she doused the wounds with turpentine. Oh, my God. Yeah. That hurts. 
Harlan, That's better than I Mercurochrome mean, stuff. Your mama used to use that. Oh, Harlan survived the accident, um, but now he was lacking an automobile, and he was soon out of work. Harlan uh, next found work managing a standard oil station, Colonel, in nearby Nicholasville, Kentucky. I know where that is. Okay. He made two cents profits per gallon of gasoline. Uh, and he also sold farm equipment on the side. <laughs> but, Brandy. What? There was a severe drought descended upon Kentucky in the late 18, 1920s, ravaging crops and livelihoods. Who goes in and ravages crops? Gasoline demand. <laughs> gasoline yeah. demand declined, Brandy. Well, yeah, there wasn't that many cars. And customers <laughs> defaulted on their credit. All, all the cars was falling into the golly. <laughs> then the Wall Street crash of 1929 smothered what little hope they had for recovery. Oh. You know, I don't. Wall Street never crashed. I mean, the buildings was there, the streets was there, the stocks caught. Why don't they stay the great stock collapse, the crash of the Because Wall Street's still there. That's fascinating. Oh, yeah. Who gives a shit? Uh, Harlan. Con- you uh, a little bitter today, ain't you, devil? Harlan, Harlan contacted some acquaintances at the Shell Oil Company and used his reputation to lease a new location where fuel demand was higher. They gave him a little station, Brandy, in the town of Corbin, Kentucky. Yeah, see, that's not much better than Nicholasville. I've been down to Corbin. No, a but few times. my the sister-in-law's from Corbin. But it was near the busy U.S. Route 25. Oh, U.S. 25. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Five, yeah. The area was known as Hell's Half Acre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of of, of um, bootlegging going on around there, and what would happen? We'll talk about this in a few minutes. But what would happen was um, there was so much competition because this Route 25 ran through there. Uh, the gas stations were, you know, they would do anything to outdo each other. Right. And one of the big things was painting over each other's signs. Oh. <laughs> 
and uh, that resulted it results in an altercation a little bit later on. We'll talk about. I bet. Uh, one night in the wee hours of the morning, Harlan was jolted awake by multiple gunshots. Brandy. Two rival alcohol bootleggers were exchanging bullets and insults in the road in front of Sanders' place. The shootout was interrupted by the sound of a door crashing open from the nearby service station. A middle-aged man stood outside the door wearing nothing but his underwear, Brandy, aiming a large shotgun in the direction. Line him up, both of you sons of a bitches, and I'll throw down your guns, uh, Sanders ordered. Being called a son of a bitch was no no, no trifling insult, Brandy. Ah, fellows. Not a trifling insult. <laughs> But the shotgun convinced them to comply. Right. So he's kind of a badass. You don't fuck with uh, Harlan. No. He's a real colonel. <laughs> he was not a goddamn <laughs> real colonel. He's a fake colonel that Kentucky... What, what, I mean, what Kentucky got? Besides... So anyway, I want to get off his story. When the sheriff okay. arrived to collect, uh, to arrest the suspects, the two guys, the bootleggers, he asked Sanders to come <clears> back <throat> to the county seat with him to serve as a witness. As they sped away, Sanders' daughter, Margaret, could be heard running, clutching a pair of... Uh, Pearls? A pair of britches, screaming, Father, you forgot your pants. <laughs> so he forgot his pants, Brandy. That sucks. One day in early 1930s, Josephine and young Margaret were waiting uh, for their father and beginning to wonder what was keeping him so long. Last day I saw of him, he was riding a mule up the mountain in a downpour, carrying an old lard bucket brandy filled with bandages, scissors, antiseptics, and rubber gloves. Sounds like a party. Harlan was en route to a nearby Appalachian community which lacked electricity, roads, indoor plumbing, and other modern conveniences. From time to time, Sanders brought the families there food, including uh, full Thanksgiving spreads for entire towns. But uh, most urgently, he would go there when people needed medical help. He became summoned that day because one of the town's women had gone into labor. Now, having three children himself, Sanders had a little experience with childbirth, so he became a self-styled amateur midwife, Brandy. That, I, you know, I don't know if that's one of those things you can really do. No, I've done it on the fly status. before. Uh, but this outing was taking a little bit longer than normal. Finally, uh, Harlan interrupted his wife and daughter, worrying when he burst through the apartment and grabbed his trusty shotgun that he kept behind the door. He explained it might be necessary to use a little persuasion, Brandy. On the hmm. baby? Well, no, Brandy's going to tell us what happens next. Most people use forceps. Well, the baby wasn't in the proper position in the womb, so I don't know if he thought he was going to force him to change his position with a shotgun or what, but it required more experienced intervention. But the alleg allegedly drunken doctor was refusing to go. Shortly, the doctor was appropriately persuaded, and he was seen riding up the mountain astride a wet mule. So, <laughs> a wet mule. That's how Timmy goes on his dates. So Colonel Sanders took a gun and forced the doctor who was drunk. Drunk. Okay. To, I thought he was going to point it at the baby and say, crawl yeah, your ass come out on. of there. The doctor manually That's adjusted silly. the baby's position, and the delivery proceeded smoothly. The parents named their new son Harland. Oh, Years nice. later, in 1936, in recognition of Sanders' midwifery work, food donations, and his regular shuttling of townsfolk to Alcoholics Anonymous meetings, there you go, 
Kentucky Governor Ruby Lafoon commissioned Harlan Sanders as a Kentucky colonel, the highest highest title of honor bestowed by the Commonwealth of Kentucky. See, Colonel, that's how you become a colonel. You go out and you become a midwife. Drive people to their AA meetings. Exactly. You don't do none of that. No. You know why? Because it's my, what was he doing? Was he teaching them how to fish? No. He was giving them fish. I didn't know anything about fishing that story. He was up there spreading around food instead of showing them how to grow crops, which I have done. I did that. And uh, I don't think you've done that. I have done that. I have done that. I've gone to Kansas, shown them how to change the soy. Let let Brandy proceed. Yeah. Um, Let's see. In Corbin, the only thing Sanders seemed to enjoy more than swearing was experimenting with cooking. He decided to put a big oak table in a former storeroom and reopen as Sanders Service Station and Cafe. Now, that sounds tasty. If I saw a sign, Sanders Service Station and Cafe, I'm stopping for a tank of gas and a little grub. Sweet. I stayed one time at Edna's service station, cafe, and motel. Oh, yeah. My whole baseball team. All right. Okay. Six guys to a room. All right. And each of us got body lice in my room. Spectacular. Mm -hmm. Hungry travelers were drawn in by the big advertisement Sanders painted on roadside barns north and south of town. Sanders hired some servers, and he made a point to pay them a living wage and strictly forbid them from accepting tips. Using the the kitchen in the apartment and back... Harlan and Josephine cooked up such fare as steak, country ham, potatoes, and red-eyed gravy, grits, and hot biscuits. Mmm. That sounds tasty, Colonel. I love me some hot biscuits. Chicken was not often on the menu. It took too long to cook to Sanders' satisfaction, but he experimented with it consistently. Competition for business was tough in this area known as Hell's Acre, uh, and business owners would go to great lengths to steal each other's business, including painting over road signs roadside signs which were the main source of advertisement on may 7th 1931 it was a hot and dusty day in the mountain town of corbin kentucky alongside a dirt road a service station manager named matt stewart stood on a ladder painting a cement railroad wall his application of a fresh coat of paint was gradually obscuring the sign that had been painted there previously an ad for for sanders filling stations Stewart paused when he heard an automobile approaching at high speed, or what counted for high speed in 1931. It was coming from the north, from the swath of backcountry known amongst locals as Hell's Half Acre. The area was so named for its primary exports, bootleg booze, bullets, and bodies. Mm. The neighborhood was also commonly referred to as the asshole of creation. People in Kentucky have a way with words. They do. The poets. Stewart probably squinted through the oh, probably squinted through the dust at the approaching car. He and, and he probably wiped sweat from his brow at the back of a paint flecked wrist. But you didn't know that, so you're just guessing and making shit up. A little <laughs> speculation there. I, that that is what we call uh, artistic license. I believe you're you're novelizing, Timmy. I am. Is this a novel? Uh, <laughs> are we reading a novel loosely based on a fake colonel's life here? Is that what we're doing? Right here. I'm trying to paint a picture. He probably knew that the driver would be armed, angry, and about to skid to a stop nearby. Stewart. He's painting over the man's sign. Well, Stewart said. He's a sign repainter. He's a vandalizer. Fucking sign repainter. (laughs) Sign repainter, motherfucker. So Stewart sat down his paintbrush and picked up his pistol. 
The car skidded to a stop nearby, as we knew he probably would. But it was not an armed man that emerged. It was three armed men. So he, uh, uh, the colonel brought him some reinforcements. Well, you son of a bitch, the driver shouted at the painter. I see you done it again. The driver of the car was Harlan Sanders, and he'd been using this particular railroad wall to advertise his, star- his service station in town. And this was not the first time that the painter, the manager of a competing station, had installed an ad blocker. Hey, you, Colonel, that, 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 that was the first ad blocker. That, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's not cool. No, that's not cool. Well, I mean, the Colonel got to show up with four, three other guys. I mean, that's kind of cowardly. Two other, Two other guys. Can't handle him mano a mano. No, you got, well, you know, you got to go big or go home. Stewart leapt from his ladder, filing, firing his pistol wildly as he dro- dove for cover behind the railroad wall. So they're having a shootout. And he hit one of them. Mm. As he's diving off this fucking ladder, he hits one of them. The driver picked up his fallen comrade's pistol and returned fire. Amid a hail of bullets from his, pa- from his pair of adversaries, the painter finally shouted, Don't shoot Sanders, you're killing me. The dusty roadside shootout fell silent. And indeed, the former painter was bleeding from his shoulder and hip. The man recovered from his wounds and no charges were filed. People took care of their own problems in this area of the country. The sign was never painted over again. And you have to do what you have to do, Colonel. Well, sometimes a colonel got to do what he got to do, but he wasn't real colonel. He was badass. Hmm? He was badass. No, a real colonel would have... Now, see, here's how a real colonel would have handled that. First of all, we wouldn't have taken no gun. Even if the other guy had a gun, he wouldn't have taken two other people with him. You would have taken yourself a knife. You would have gone and jabbed him a couple of times real hard. Even while he was shooting at you, you would have just continued to walk. And then you would have jabbed him a couple of times. And you would have written the name of your business in his blood on that railroad wall. Okay. He wasn't no colonel. Okay. He gives a name colonel a bad. He gives a rank of colonel a bad name. Continue. It disgraces all colonels. Please continue, Brandy. I'm just waiting for him to quit I know. dripping. He doesn't realize that we've got 10 more pages to go. Why do you make it so long? What could be so interesting about this It was old around bastard? this time that Claudia, or I'm sorry, that Sanders met his beloved Claudia Price, a young divorced woman who lived in Corbin. Oh, this doesn't mm. sound good. At so Harlan, he was a whore master. At Harlan's too. suggestion, his wife Josephine hired Claudia to help around the cafe and it soon became something of an open secret that Claudia was equal parts mistress and waitress. So he was getting some of that. Mm-hmm. But this silent scandal was marginalized by the growing success of the restaurant. Sanders added a small luxury motel to the property in 1937, the there first go, one Colonel, east of the Mississippi. Motel added to it. Yeah, because he had Josephine was working the front desk and he's banging this girl you know, in the you back. If you wanted to shut the fuck up, quit prompting him. Well, he was talking before that he, he was at Edna's uh, gas station and chicken parlor yeah. and motel. Um, who I mean, who hires Edna's it? gas and lube? That's like banging the nanny. All right. Oh yeah, but you know, sometimes you have a hot nanny. Sanders, you know what? I will tell you about hot nanny. <laughs> and and uh, only because well, It wasn't um, Fran, what's her name? She wasn't a hot nanny. I like her, but I didn't like her voice. I know somebody. Fran Dreschler. Got, and I'm not going to name him publicly on this show because she knows who she is. 
Oh yeah. Um, she's a relative. Hot, of hot nanny. Well, I'm not going to say she's a relative or not, but she got a she's an really, attorney at law. Really pretty nanny. Yeah. Really pretty nanny. Yeah. She's right. He's right, Brandy. And when she hears this, it's going to drive her crazy, and that makes Ben. I win. Okay. And by the way, he he shows a picture to everyone. Well, mm-hmm. and and by the way, uh-huh. you're the one here in about ten minutes going to be pissing and moaning to get out of here, and you're prompting this one over here. So, I, I'm just seeing if no. he has something to contribute to the story. He always has something to contribute. He's third <laughs> asshole guy. <laughs> so Claudia is Claudia is a whore and Claudia is also no, waiting no. tables. She was a hardworking uh, server who just happened to be uh, in love with her boss. All I hear, all I hear, is feedback right now coming out of you. Slut bag. So, Harlan made it a point to meet and rub elbows not with slut renowned... shame her. Okay, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Why not? I slut, har- sh- I slut shame you, and I know you. Well, yeah, but that, that's different. You're she's interrupting a, me, she's and a fine so young you don't lady. get to piss and moan. I'm just saying she's no. a fine young lady. She's working hard, working on her feet all day. So, Colonel Sanders made it a point to meet and rub elbows with renowned food critic Duncan Hines of Modern Cake Mix fame, Ooh. who gave Sanders place a glowing review in his travel book. It was around this time that Sanders met his beloved, Jesus Christ, how many beloveds does he have? <laughs> Bertha. <laughs> this is different. A beloved, Bertha. Another Bertha? <laughs> oh, no, this is different. How many Berthas we got in these shows? Bertha was his nickname for his first pressure cooker, a new contraption that rapidly cooked vegetables using high temperatures and pressures. Sanders wondered whether this might be the key to frying chicken quickly without sacrificing quality. He added pressure relief valves, valves to Bertha so it would be safe for frying and spent years experimenting with various marinades, oils, temperatures, types of flour, and seasonings. Yes, Colonel. He spent years developing this secret recipe that you scoff at. And no, you know, he spent years developing it. My mama used to cook fried chicken on Sunday. I know you told us, and it was better. Take her like an hour. Still don't give a fuck. I mean, she didn't need. I mean, what what the fuck? Uh, years to cook fried chicken? Yes. Throw the some bitch in some grease and fry it up. Put some spices on. I'm it. sure it was the same chicken all the time. Uh, by July 1940, Sanders had developed a system to fry chicken to a golden brown in about eight minutes, and he'd perfected his long evolving spice spectrum by adding an eleventh ingredient. Yeah. Can your could your mother do that? Yep. Eight he minutes? also also invented a crackling right. gravy, which right. took. Mm-hmm. Mm. Now we're talking. Ain't nobody took. make gravy like my mama. My mama. I mean, your mom couldn't make crackling gravy. My mom gravy. had this pepper, cracked pepper in a gravy, just the right amount, just the right thickness. It, I mean, her gravy was smooth. Nary a lump in her gravy. Is she dead? Nary a lump. Is she dead? God rest her soul. Then I don't give a damn. Was it brown gravy? Huh? It was white gravy. Was there lumps? And how? And, to, and explain this. Were there to lumps me. in her gravy? It, no, there was. It was smooth. It was. It was like. But tell me this, and and I always wondered about this because this is where the colonel fuck you hard. You go in there to the colonel's place, and you get the mashed potatoes and gravy. Motherfuckers give you beef gravy. Where they get beef gravy? That's what I want to know. Ain't no chicken gravy. Chicken gravy white. Yes, you go I know. in there, I you get the beef gravy. You do. They fucked it. It was coming out. There was getting. It was instant gravy coming out of a powdered bag. I do bag. like their potatoes though. Ooh, uh, please continue, Brandy. Would just can you explain that to me? Can somebody explain do why we I'm look getting like beef we gravy? Fucking work at Colonel Motherfucker Sanders don't place? serve a hamburger. There ain't no like beef in there. KFC? Where are you getting? We did not go to KFC University. All I'm saying is you can't get any beef in a goddamn KFC, but all of a sudden you ask for mashed potatoes and they got beef gravy on it. How'd that happen? Where'd the beef gravy come from? 
I think I think it's chicken gravy. It ain't chicken gravy. Chicken gravy is white. God damn it! It's not white. Yes, it. Chicken gravy is not white. Oh, you don't know nothing about no goddamn gravy. Just go ahead. Chicken gravy is not white. You don't know your it's goddamn like a really gravy. It's like really light brown, almost clear. It ain't like that gravy you get in there. No. It's darker than chocolate. It's no, like a broth. It's not. You know what? You that's because you're going to that West Side KFC where they haven't changed the <laughs> grease out of anything since 19. Just go ahead with your story. Two. You're wrong about you. You don't know nothing about gravy. Motherfucker, I worked at Bob Evans. I know more about. I've forgotten and, more about what gravy was the cover than people ever know. Okay, so I asked for some biscuits and gravy at Bob Evans, and it comes out. What's on my biscuit? Some white shit with some cracked pepper in it, like my mama used to make. Not as good as my mama used to make, but it's white. That's chicken gravy. That's not chicken gravy. It is chicken it's gravy. It's not fucking chicken gravy. Uh, you you don't know a goddamn thing I about do. gravy. That's flour Motherfucker, gravy. you can't That's even flour. find it's you, made out of flour you know and Dave milk. had to drive Dave had to draw you a map and get you a GPS to find a goddamn stove in your house. Well Now you telling me about gravy. You don't know nothing about no cooking. Well, I know I do all the cooking high. in my house. Your first You of don't all, know a goddamn biscuits, thing about cooking. If you get if you get gravy and biscuits, the biscuits they put on there or the gravy they put on there is flour and water. Yeah. Yeah. Not, and chicken juice. No beef. And chicken juice. No, no chicken juice. No mm-hmm. beef. No, no. Yes. It's not. Yes. What well, did you don't uh, okay, have no gravy? Obviously, we're not going to be able to sell this Look, today. Julia Child. <laughs> <laughs> Shove it up your ass. I know what I'm talking Woo-hoo. about. <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. Okay, l- let me ask you something. Uh, you the, cannot. When's the last time you even hit the broil on your stove? Woo-hoo. Do you even know what... <laughs> You don't know no shit about cooking. <laughs> what the fuck do you know what I know about cooking? I know. I know how to cook. Today we're going to make some. <laughs> we're going to make some alphabet soup. Oh. What the fuck? Yeah, at least I got Chuck to shut the you know, fuck up. You know, she, she worked for the CIA. <laughs> no, she no did. shit. Yeah, no, she, she really did. did. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was a cook. <laughs> No, she was. She was a. She worked with this guy. All right. He also Ooh. invented a crackling gravy. Now it was shut the gra- fuck up, <laughs> which took advantage of the bits of breading left in the oil after frying, and it was rumored to have been amongst the finest things one can put in one's mouth. You know, no, I've had plenty of good things in my mouth better than that gravy. But <laughs> his what sort of things you put in your mouth? <laughs> glitter poonane. Now you tell me, Timmy. You tell me. Did Glitter, that gravy candy, better than nanny. a breast? No, no, no. Better no, than a breast, no, no. Nope, nope, nope. Not even a chicken breast. It's not, no, not better than breast, not better than a vagina. Not even better than a pretty girl's kiss, Timmy. No. You're no, right. that You're gravy right. ain't the best thing you put in your mouth. Well, well, yeah, <sighs> you know what? That gravy. But you know what it was? <clears throat> it was chicken gravy. <laughs> it wasn't no goddamn no, chicken I, gravy. I got it here on Wikipedia. It's chicken gravy. Yeah. It does bullshit. Gravipedia. Chicken gravy ain't brown. Gravipedia. <clears throat> Gravypedia. Right yeah. You on Gravypedia? Yeah. <laughs> ain't no goddamn brown chicken gravy. <laughs> I hope that that explodes all over you. All right. Continue, Brandy. This is, this Jackass. is silly. This is silly. Well, but his discoveries would have to Ooh. wait for the <laughs> for the world to sort some things out. Remember, In the cold. Remember when? Dan Aykroyd did that. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> cut her finger off. <laughs> Spectacular. Juliet Child on Saturday Night Live. Oh, God. In funny. the cold of an early December Sunday afternoon in 1942. 19- oh, I think I'm losing consciousness now. <laughs> <laughs> 
cut her finger and blood was <laughs> I like the bassomatic. Yeah. That was good. Oh, the bassomatic was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Or when he did the <clears throat> whammo toys and bag of glass. <laughs> yeah, bag of glass. All right. Uh, the Sanders family were sitting in Margaret's home listening to music on the radio when the broadcast was interrupted by a special news bulletin. Uh-oh. Uh, an announcer informed listeners that Pearl Harbor was being bombed by the Emperor, the Empire of Japan. The United States was at war. Uh-huh. At 52 years old, Sanders was too old to serve his country, but he could still serve a small portion of it. He left the restaurant in the care of his mistress, Claudia, and traveled all the way out to the remote town of Oak Ridge, Tennessee, where the government had hastily erected <laughs> <laughs> a sprawling state-of-the-art facility uh, on what had previous, previously been farmland. You know, that's where the Oak Ridge boys are from. Okay. Cerner, Elmira. Sanders. Elmira. <laughs> Elmira. <laughs> Doesn't really have the same ring to it, does it? <laughs> Fucking well, shit. Well, you know, if you're a woman, you sing El, uh, Elmira. Um, if you're a man, you sing Elvira. You know what you're going to be singing, though, one day? El Lanny. El Lanny. <laughs> My heart's <laughs> on fire for Elani working at the Pep Boy, <laughs> living in the trailer. <laughs> I bet you that Elani could get some action if you guys decide to swing. If you, oh yeah, you know he could with that one arm. <laughs> got that red, slick back, greasy hair. Yep. Women fall for that. Oh yeah, with that plaid shirt. Remember when it was the thing not to wash your hair? Remember. Like it, like in the nineties, it was a the all, grunge thing. Yeah, the grunge thing. Kurt Cobain and shit. Yes, yeah, that's what Lanny. Lanny's still in that era. <laughs> or his balls. He ain't gonna watch those either. <laughs> Sanders met up with his friend However, Joe he, Clemens, he, the manager of a local cafeteria, <laughs> and formally accepted a position as assistant manager. If Lanny, although had he cancer. worked there until nearly <laughs> the end of the war. Sanders had no idea how the thousands of men and women of Oak Ridge spent their days. They never openly discussed their work, even with the easygoing Sanders. Yes. Only later would he learn that those workers were scientists and engineers and that they'd been developing their own secret recipe, uranium 235. Uranium. They had spent years heating chunks of the metal to high temperatures and then pushing its vapors through through membranes, then spinning it into massive magnetic chambers. To all to isolate a few kilograms of the special isotope. In 1945, the stuff was packed into the little boy bomb, loaded onto the Enola Gay, flown to Japan, and dropped on Hiroshima. It so. was the first atomic weapon ever deployed in war. In 1952, Harlan Sanders decided to visit Australia. Much had changed. Can I just in interject something? No, this is important because this bothered me. No, this has bothered me for a long time. Me. After 39 and years. The floor recognizes uh, Colonel, uh, whatever it is, Walters. The, is there anybody else who's disturbed by this whole Manhattan Project that there might have been some unseemly things subconsciously behind it? They named the bomb Little Boy. It's flown by the Ebola gay. Enola gay. Enola whatever, Ebola, Ebola. So Harlan, but no, do you see a, a theme no, there, Timmy? No, I don't. I don't like it. Don't, I don't like oh, it. Oh, I don't care. They should have named the bomb Big Boy because but you know what? That is how he got that big chicken because you know that big chicken that's on that he puts on his restaurants. 
you know. It's a victim of radiation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I see. He got it's, there at Oak Ridge. It's Chickenzilla. Yeah. <laughs> Harlan and Josephine had divorced after 39 oh. years, and Sanders married his longtime employee and mistress, Claudia. See, that's what that's a mistake guys make. Mm-hmm. They divorced their wife, and then they married their mistress. Yeah, because yeah. not a bitch going to live for 50 more years. Government yeah. Weatherby. Then you got to go out and get a new mistress. <laughs> yeah. Governor Weatherby recommissioned him as a Kentucky colonel in honor of his cuisine. And this time, Sanders fully embraced the honorific. See? Oh, that, hold on. There it's, you go. Excuse me? It's the second time. He's been named Colonel. How yeah. many times have you been named Colonel? Uh, How many times, Randy? Uh, none. Uh, yes. Once, once by the Cajuns. And let me say this. Let me say this. I was not named Colonel. I earned Colonel. Do you know how many alligators you got to scalp? You got to bring back alligator scalps just to be a lieutenant. And it's like Mario, Super Mario, collecting the coins throughout the game. He began introducing himself as just Colonel like Sanders and started to put together his signature look. Growing a salt and pepper goatee and wearing black frock suits with a Kentucky style string tie. Do you think I should wear? Uh, sh- should nope. have a goatee? Uh uh-uh. uh. Why? No. Because so it, it, much... would, it would distract from my face. Is that what you're saying? You with know, so I... much changing in his life, he thought he ought to change his vocabulary to match the Southern gentleman motif he was trying for. Yeah. So should yes. this one over here? The elimination yeah. of profanity. So yes. who was he copying this off was of? Why yeah. he That's was what traveling. I want to know. This is why he was traveling to Australia, where he hoped that She's a big religious conference could cure his habit. But oh. he had to make a stop in Utah first. Oh, he went to my motherland. Yes. So he so, had to pick up 35 wives? Well, yeah. No, he went to Utah, and uh, he did all of the Utah things. Where? Went to Salt Lake City. Is <laughs> that in here? No, I'm no. making it up. I know. Wearing uh, some early iteration of his evolving ensemble, 62-year-old Colonel Sanders stepped off a train in Salt Lake City and went to the Dew Drop Inn. Oh, man. Every place got a dew drop. Yeah, I know. Yeah, there used to be one on uh, Utah. Do they Anderson. even sell alcohol in Utah? A newly renovated hamburger stand owned by Pete Harmon. Sanders had met Harmon at a restaurant convention in Chicago, and the colonel liked young Harmon at once, mostly because Harmon seemed to be the only other person at the convention who rejected alcohol. Yeah, the colonel never drank. That colonel never drank. Yeah, Sanders asked Harmon to give him a ride to a local grocer, and there the colonel acquired some frozen chickens and an armful of seasonings. He was planning to fry up a batch of the secret recipe chicken he had perfected prior to the war, hoping that Harmon would sign up to franchise the recipe. Franchising is still a novel concept, and Sanders' idea was to convince already established restaurants to add his chicken and gravy to their existing menus. They would subscribe to a pre-mixed herbs and spices service, paying a nickel a bird to gain access to the recipes and the techniques. The colonel cooked his chicken in Harmon's kitchen in a borrowed pressure cooker. Fried chicken was not a common entree around these parts in those days, so the Dewdrop crew were wary. So he introduced your people to fried chicken. He did. Sanders uh, presented a large serving dish of his signature chicken. They looked at it as though it were a heap of ambiguously seasoned dinosaur descendants. They ate it, but they didn't seem to know what to make of it. Colonel a Sanders heap got of dinosaur descendants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You like now that? that was classic, Timmy. That now you that like was that. some literature right there. You like that? Yeah. Girl? Oh yeah. Uh, they ate it, but they didn't seem to know what to make of it. Colonel Sanders got back on the train and headed to San Francisco to catch his flight to Australia. Two weeks later, on his way back home, Claudia rendezvous with her husband in San Francisco, and Sanders decided she ought to see Pete Harmon's new place. They disembarked from the train in Salt Lake and headed f- 
to the dewdrop, and there they were confronted with a massive sign painted in the large window reading Kentucky Fried Chicken. Something new, something different. I'll be goddamned, Sanders said. The convention in Australia hadn't helped. Sneaky Pete Harmon had evidently cataloged the 11 secret ingredients <laughs> that the colonel had purchased. Sneaky Pete. And he had reverse engineered the pressure frying process. The name Kentucky Fried Chicken came from the sign painter who suggested it when Harmon was unsure how to refer to the colonel's creation. Somehow, Sanders was not infuriated by this apparent underhandedness, or at least that was the story eventually agreed upon. With the surprise reappearance of the colonel, Harmon agreed to officially franchise the, per the first person to do so, and Sanders laid claim to the name Kentucky Fried Chicken. They sealed the deal with a handshake. Harmon soon invented the infamous bucket meal and opened additional locations. You know what? I would, I would want that in writing if I was the colonel. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Oh, is this my part? Yeah, please continue. Well, you know what, uh, Timmy? Mm -hmm. This some bitch ain't worthy of my attention. Come on, Colonel. No, on. I do you not got, believe you got I to respect your fellow <clears throat> Colonel. I'm doing this under protest. All right, Timmy. Noted. It's now, noted. Within five years, his annual restaurant revenue multiplied twentyfold. Hmm, that's that a lot. That's a lot, Colonel. That's like if you got one dollar later, you got twenty. Yeah. Devil. Twentyfold means exponentially times 20. In she, 19, she did well in uh, economics. <laughs> she did. Well, I don't know if she learned economics, but she did well in economics. But anyway, in 1956, President <laughs> Dwight D. Eisenhower signed the National Interstate and Defense Highways Act. Okay. Authorizing the expenditure of $25 billion to construct over 40,000 miles of interstate highway system. This was to be the largest public works project America had ever seen. Now, Timmy, here's just a side note here, and I'll wrap this, not wrap it up, but do you know what the, why he built the highway system, Timmy? Yes, so uh, during the war, airplanes could land. And the military could the go around war. quickly. The Cold War. Yes, so the military could move around the country, and people think it was for us. It's first for the military, second for commerce, and third for us. Yeah, and also for planes that needed to that land. needed to land anywhere they could. Mm -hmm. Now the Sanders Hotel and Restaurant Complex was already struggling. The state had relocated a key junction on Route 25, and Sanders' location was no longer convenient for travelers. But the colonel knew, Timmy. Mm -hmm. He knew he was in serious trouble when the newspaper published the surveyed routes for these newfangled freeways, Interstate 75, which runs right by. City, fast city here, Timmy, mm -hmm. would replace 25 as the local traffic artery, but it would pass seven miles outside of town, Timmy. Oh, not near his restaurant. No, and with the irrecoverable loss of passerby, Sanders sold the property for a fraction of what had been worth a year earlier. Mm. He was not good timing there. At age 66, Harlan Sanders was back to square one with no income apart from a few franchise fees. And $100 a month he was stealing from Social Security, Not Timmy. stealing. He was getting Social Security, but he was basically... Social Security is just a form of wealth redistribution, he so had, he was stealing it from people who had money, Timmy. No, he paid into Social Security. So you're saying at age 66, he was pretty much broke. He was broke. He got, got $105 a month, so... Now, he began courting chicken franchisees in earnest. He would drive to a town with good prospects, park his old mobile on the outskirts, and spend the night 
asleep in the back seat. At 66 years old. 66. He brought with him everything he needed to demonstrate this process. An ice box full of chickens, cake flour, this newly patented pressure cooker, boxes of pre-mixed spices, vegetable oil, fire extinguishers, and beef gravy. No fucking beef gravy. (laughs) He fried his chicken for the staffs of receptive restaurants, and if they took a shine to it, he cooked the quantity for customers. He would then stroll through the restaurant inquiring how diners were enjoying their meals. Dressed in his fully formed Colonel, fake Colonel regalia. His white suit, his little tie. A silver goatee, black string tie, a cane, which he did not need. He's 66 um, years old. A pristine white suit, just like back in his railroad days. Now, one restaurant decided to franchise early was the Hobby House in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Hmm. There, Colonel Sanders befriended head cook Dave Thomas. Uh, of Wendy's? The seasoned veteran took young Thomas under his wing, providing the novice with sage advice and mentoring him in the ways of the restaurant. He was the restaurant whisperer. Thomas because he was out of a job. Would go on to manage several uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken franchises and then later founded his own franchise, a hamburger chain called Wendy's that has enjoyed some success. Absolutely. Just a little bit. I would say he did better than the colonel. You know why? Because Dave was not a fake douchebag colonel. Continue, colonel. So, Colonel Sanders' business grew in trials and as and in fits and starts. The work was taxing for the almost 70-year-old Sanders, causing considerable cantankerousness. Hmm. One unknown morning in some unknown town, well, do we even know this happened? <laughs> he and Claudia stopped at a diner for some breakfast. When the waitress set the colonel's plate before him, he blanched at the flaccid undercooked eggs, Timmy. Mm, he, no, nothing will piss off a colonel more than undercooked eggs, Brandy. Ain't nothing piss off a colonel more than flaccid. That, that colonel don't want nothing to do with flaccid. But you know what? That colonel will flaccid all the time. Cause Here's a little advice. If you're going to send women dick pics, don't send them flaccid penises. Would you agree with that, Brandy? I do not ever want a dick pic. I'm just saying, if you're going to send one, make sure it's well. No, yeah. it's and it's all and it's in, and it's, in, and it's, in, it's in its glory. Please do. See, I send mine flaccid because I, it's hard to get a whole a shot of the whole thing. Continue. It's, it's I just not. say here, just imagine. You have to this. do it in panorama. <laughs> I do. I just say imagine this with. Uh, <clears throat> actually, I can't get. Uh, I keep sending them. I keep sending them belly shots. <laughs> Because <laughs> when I point down, all you're seeing is my belly. You ain't seeing nothing else. Clearly. But, uh, oh, that's so gross. Continue, Colonel. So now he's got these flaccid eggs in front of him, these unerect eggs. And he says, Miss, not once in my life have I been drunk enough to eat eggs as raw as this. And I asked that they be turned over. That's right, you did, she said. And I'll take them right back. She was gone for a few moments and then returned with the plate. The eggs indeed looked more thoroughly cooked, though the colonel reckoned this to be a physical impossibility given the time that had elapsed. 
He flipped the eggs over and confirmed his suspicion. What was going on? One side was still untouched by the grill. The cook had merely turned the eggs over on the plate. Well, he said he wanted them He said he on. wanted them turned over, yeah. In the kitchen, the cook was sitting on a table smoking a cigarette when the double-swinging doors burst open to reveal a curiously dressed man to me. The intruder was wearing a white linen suit, black string tie, a silver goatee, had a breakfast plate in his hand and said, You son of a bitch! You think you're smart turning those eggs over on my plate. Poor guy's probably working for minimum wage. Well, Mel says, don't call me a son of a bitch. Get out of my kitchen. I'll just do that, Colonel Sanders said, tipping the eggs from the plate onto his upturned palm. And leave your eggs with you. Colonel Co- the Colonel cocked his arm back and threw, projected the fistful of breakfast at the object of his scorn, like, now this is beautiful, Timmy. Beautiful, I got to tell you. And now I'm, I'm going to read this again just so you get the full thing. Colonel Sanders cocked his arm back and projected the fistful of breakfast at the object of his scorn like a wizard casting a poultry hex. Now that is some poetry right there, you listeners. You sons of bitches, if five of you don't go give Timmy a five-star review for his writing right now, you ain't worth a goddamn. Thank you. All right? Thank you, Jesus Christ. (laughs) A wizard casting a poultry hex. Now, that's beautiful, Timmy. I got to tell you, that's beautiful. Thank you, Carl. Now, the egg sailed, egg-like, of course, across the expanse between them. Like that across the expanse. Now, now listen, it's just, now, I, I want you to stop what you're doing. If you're doing two things at one time here, stop what you're doing, and I want you to focus on this. On this, The egg sailed egg-like across the expanse between them. The floppy projectile struck the cook dead in the center of his chest in a spattering burst of raw yellow yolk. Now, back at her table. Now, how is that? I mean, that if, if Bob Ross... Goddamn Michelangelo could not paint a picture like that. I'm sure I mean, people, Timmy, you could. You I'm sure could, people you could hear have my eyes rolling. 16, Sistine Chapel with this writing right here. Well, Timmy. Colonel, you know, it's a lot of work, but uh, it's, our listeners deserve the best. It's beautiful, Timmy. It's beautiful. I mean, look at me, Timmy, right here. You see that little tear coming down my eye? <laughs> he does have you, a tear, Brandon. You touch me, Timmy. You touch me, I got to tell you. In your dirty spot? <laughs> show, show the doctor. So he the hits this guy in the face with some eggs. Yeah. All right. Back at the table, Claudia was startled as the kitchen doors burst outward and her husband backed quickly out into the dining area. He was holding a small stool in a defensive posture and shouting at the yolk-soaked cook who emerged from the kitchen with a knife in his hand. See? The grill man eventually gave yeah, up his attack. don't take eggs to the knife fight. <laughs> you know what? Harlan cannot just go around running his yapper at everybody and not expect people to get a little pissy. Well, well, the guys turned over his eggs. Yeah, that was kind of a dick move. So the grill man eventually gave up his attack and returned to the kitchen, having accomplished his intended intimidation. The colonel returned his stool to the floor, and he and Claudia decided that they probably ought to take that dining experience elsewhere. Probably. <laughs> Despite the slow really? initial progress in signing, up, <laughs> in signing up franchisees, 
Interest in Kentucky Fried Chicken began to improve in the late 50s and early 60s. Word had gotten out regarding Pete Harmon's success, <laughs> the sneaky Pete. By then, he was doing a brisk business at multiple locations. Colonel Sanders' company had also launched a number of innovative carryout locations, which omitted the dining area. The food was packed into buckets boxes and buckets so customers could easily take it home for dinner and the concept was proving very popular timmy nice <clears throat> i've been to the original kfc now the colonel's meticulous attire and twinkly-eyed charm helped him gain a foothold via organic marketing he began to visit local radio stations to tell a story and he, he occasionally appeared on a television talk shows and the like his face and signature string tie were appearing in increasingly numerous signs and food packages, and people began to recognize him in public. In 1962, there were hundreds of restaurants in North America sending fees to the 72-year-old Sanders. Most of the deals sealed were just a handshake and maintained on the honor system. <clears throat> Franchise applicants eventually became so numerous that Sanders no longer went out to meet them. <clears throat> Rather... He cordially summoned them to his estate mm. in Shelbyville, Kentucky, which ah. I have been to. Of course you have. Yeah, well, he invited me over a few times. He was trying to impress the other colonels, but we wasn't impressed. It was a nice place, but he's still not a real colonel. Now, in October of 1963, Sanders sold Kentucky Fried Chicken to a young lawyer, John Y. Brown, for $2 million. Oh, man. The compromises at the new Kentucky Fried Chicken Inc. Became, began almost immediately. Can you imagine having KFC and selling it for $2 million? Well, that was a lot of, that was a lot of scratch would, back it, in 1963. Yeah, not for that franchise. No, not for that franchise. Now, the company bought out many of... Now, once John Brown's got this, they'd start buying the existing franchise and ordered the remaining owners to conform. They must remove their own menu items, rename their restaurant Kentucky Fried Chicken, update the decor to red and striped corporate branding, use signage and packaging featuring the colonel's face. The new advertising campaign was indeed aggressive and financially successful. The colonel appeared personally in TV commercials as well as the Johnny Carson show, Timmy. Nice. He was on there with Burt Reynolds and Angie, uh, what was her name? Angie Dickinson. Yeah, policewoman. But you know what he didn't have? He didn't have a podcast like you. Kurt. He did not have a podcast. He even showed up with Lawrence Welk one time. Mm, bubbles. Mm-hmm. Although Sanders was uneasy with some of the changes being made within the company, but he was paid to be the goodwill ambassador, so he spread goodwill. By the early 70s, Colonel Sanders was informed that Kentucky Fried Chicken had sold, or Kentucky Fried Chicken and its 3,500-plus franchises had been acquired by Hublin, a company best known for distributing Smirnoff Vodka. Mm, he didn't like that. He had spent his entire life rallying against liquor, although he didn't mind whoring around, so he's kind of a hypocrite, too. No, he just didn't believe in the drink. But this was an insufferable affront. Once the $285 million buyout was complete, the company flushed with new millionaires. The company was flushed with new millionaires, but Colonel was not among them. That dumb son bitch held no stock at all. Yeah, Harlan was diagnosed with acute leukemia in 1980, and he died at Jewish Hospital in Louisville of pneumonia 
in December on December 16, 1980, at the age of 90 years old, he lived a good life. His body lay in state at the rotunda at his Kentucky State Capitol in Frankfurt. Um, his funeral service was attended by more than 1,000 people. He was buried in his characteristic white suit and black western string tie in Cave Hill Cemetery in Louisville. The governor of Kentucky, guess who this is, Timmy? Uh, John Brown. John Y. Brown. Same guy that fucked the colonel. He was married to a former Miss America. Miss America. Yeah. He gave the eulogy at the funeral. Nice. So he banged him and buried him. You know what? It's a shame because, he, I mean, he made, obviously, he made $2 million and that's something. But it, from what that franchise is worth, he really did not fare very well. No, nah, but who cares? He was a prick. No, he was not. He's a fake uh, Brandy, colonel. Your He's final bogus. thoughts, Brandy, on Colonel was a bit of a prick. Colonel Harlan David Sanders. He was a bit of a prick. I mean, he was a prick. He was. He helped the poor. He's a badass. Oh. I have known many colonels in my day, and you, sir, Colonel Sanders, are no colonel. Well, he's dead. Show some respect. For a people fake talking about, about you when you're dead. Oh, they're going to talk about me. Talk about yeah. me when I'm now, alive. Now, Brandy, Norm McDonald is the colonel. I know, well, there's different ones. I don't like Norm McDonald as the There's colonel. different ones. Norm McDonald should not be the colonel. I know, but there's different ones. I would rather have this guy over here be the colonel than Norm McDonald. Your final thoughts, Brandy? I'd like to see uh, Scarlett Johansson be the colonel. In a sexy white little. You know, she has the sexiest voice. She's just sexy as hell. I know. Brandy, what's what? your final you, I told you my final thoughts. He was a dick. <laughs> I, I, I said good day. <laughs> what the, I don't know what you want me to elaborate uh, on that. Uh, Colonel, your final thoughts on uh, Colonel uh, Harlan David Sanders. The colonel was a good man. He was a uh, good representative uh, to colonels everywhere. What and, do you uh, think about Norm MacDonald? Posing as Colonel Sanders, um, he's a he's a poor man's Colonel Sanders. Okay, um, but he's funny, so I take that. But you know, all right, there's two different kind of colonels in the world: the colonels that are made colonels by you know Cajun oh, Jesus colonels. Jesus Christ, turn the you page. got the military colonels, you got the honorary colonels, right. and you got the Cajun colonels. Turn the page. The Cajun colonels are the ones that are the most uh, respected. Turn the page. We don't dress any particular way. We're secret. We're amongst you, but you don't know it. I see. Uh, Brandy, any final thoughts? Jesus Christ. How many more times are you going to ask Jesus Christ, Dr. Thoughts? Dementia, you're going to have... Fucking Jerry Springer over there <laughs> yeah. is wanting me to give a monologue <laughs> for final thoughts. <laughs> All right. I guess that's it then. Uh, it's been fun, guys. I've enjoyed our time here together. Uh, Brandy, you have any nice things to say about me? No. Uh, the Colonel, do you have any nice things to say? And Timmy, that was one of the most beautifully written scripts I have ever run across in thank, my entire Thank day. you. I was talking to a listener the other you. day, and they were talking that, about right? the scripts, and they said, you know, between your your insights, you know, they was talking about me, between your insights and Timmy's brilliant writing, mm -hmm. you know, there's no reason you couldn't be bigger than, you know, I don't know, what's the biggest podcast npr yeah, they walk among us they walk among us that well you know what we could never be like ben no, no. we could never be like ben no. jesus christ um, it's just a devil she the ball and chain holding you back 
All right, thank you, everyone. We'll see you next time on History Dweebs. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.